Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you are looking to get married, you are engaged, newly married, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have successfully navigated those winding roads over the past 18 plus years. Join us on this journey as we discuss real life experiences, both highs and lows, and what we have learned along the way. Happiness, grace, passion are some of the things we all strive for in marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome to Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode number seven of Destination Marriage. I'm Tommy. And I'm Jackie. And we are thrilled to have you join us today for an honest conversation about protecting the spirit of your children. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a lot about how to do that and kind of what we mean by that. I think it's a very important topic that, mm-hmm. that doesn't maybe get discussed enough between parents and between, you know, out in the community around how do you do that effectively and, and protect your children, not just physically, um, right. but, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Um, and for this, this one, you're the, you're the queen of uh, protecting our, the spirit of our children. I give, you know, take my hat off to you Thanks, um, for this. So, you know, a lot of what we'll talk about certainly you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of a lot of thoughts on on the matter and we, mm-hmm. we discuss this between the two of us all the time so mm-hmm. hopefully it's uh it's good for everybody that's listening um you know the first thing we'll talk about is kind of before we kind of get into very specific instances and yeah. what, how we've managed those i think is is talk about kind of the the general things that you can do to protect the, the spirit of your children right. um you know i think first and foremost it's about building confidence in who they are as people. And, and um, you know, it's different a little bit between how a father approaches it versus how a mother approaches it and how they receive it. And certainly it's different whether they're little girls or little boys, you know, and, and how they receive things. But, you know, I think that for me, um, a couple of things that are big is, is really those words of affirmation and really like building their self-esteem and just pumping them up, telling them how proud you are, you know, how proud they, I, how proud I am of them and things that they are and not just things that they've done or accomplished, but like who they are as people. Yeah. Right. And like, I try to, to make note of that, especially over the last few years, like I'm really proud of, you know, just your, your spirit or your confidence or your maturity or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another one that is important for me is to make sure that when we're correcting them, we're not kind of labeling, labeling the action as that's who they are. Right. So if, if they're made a mess and didn't clean it up, it's not you're a messy person. It's right. You're a slob. Yeah. You're a slob. Right. Because they hear that. You don't realize it. And I some, certainly something as if I'm angry about something and I yell, I have to realize what? how they're yeah, <laughs> I have to realize like how they're hearing that. Right. It may not be how it, it, it comes across as anger. And if I if certainly it'd be doubling down if I said right. you're a slob or you're a loser or you're a failure. Right. So yeah, I think that's something I, I really try to, to make sure that I. Right. Not only I'm, that, but how a child receives those words would be different than if I say, oh, my gosh, Tommy, you're such a slob leaving your socks on the floor, which we would know we're saying it jokingly to one another. Maybe. But maybe, <laughs> maybe you're just destroying my spirit. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. But yeah, I 100 percent agree. So what. Like I said at the beginning, like you you really take the ball with this in our in our household, and you do a fantastic job. So, what do you? Thank you. What in general do you do you see as kind of some things to that you do really well to mm-hmm. to protect the spirit of our boys? I 
know for a fact that one of the number one things that I have done consistently um, since day one with both boys is establishing an understanding that both of them can speak openly about their feelings with me. Mm -hmm. um, so it really creates like a comfortable space, regardless of what those feelings are. Um, I think it's really important, and I've noticed this as well with other adults that lack emotional awareness, it really starts at a young age, and I think that emotional awareness builds confidence, knowing and understanding how you feel, why you feel that way, but then also knowing how to communicate that that's something that really is a miss with a lot of people and it starts sure. at home and I really want to especially with the boys because I think that um, and this again I'm a mom of boys this is different you know if you have you know five kids if you only have girls or if you only, you know it is different every yeah. kid is different but with kids in general um, understanding their emotions and encouraging them to also have that emotional awareness builds confidence and they have that comfort and knowing that they can come to mom or they can come to dad and on top of that it actually creates a security in them they feel safe that even yeah. if they're not understanding and they need to talk through these things they have someone to talk to without judgment you know it doesn't have to be you know where they feel like I don't know if they'll understand just they need to know that's always their listening ear. Who else is going to look out for them more so than mom and dad? Right. And so I've always done that with, you know, with both the boys. Yeah, especially with our older son. He is, yeah. you know, he, he knows more. I mean, heck, I laugh sometimes because you just have a natural way of doing that. My mom, you know more about my mom than I know about my mom. She comes to you with things and I'm like, that what? I true. never knew that. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, what I've noticed from kind of just observing is is that the boys will come to you with things and you don't immediately pass judgment. And I think for me, and I think maybe sometimes fathers and men in general, and I know unfortunately, definitely with me, is I tend to, when I hear that, I empathize and then I'm immediately like, well, all right, well, let's fix it. Yeah. And that, you know, or here's what I think you should do or something like that. And and that, I think with, with our older son, maybe that turn them off, maybe it younger, it doesn't no. work, you know, everybody's a little different. Our younger son is more like me, personality mm -hmm. wise, and he sometimes will take that as like, okay, you know, if yeah. I say that, you know, well, here's what I would do, okay. But, but then, it's hard, but I, what I've observed is, is that's not the best way. Well, if you're you trying know? to teach them, right, to also give them the tools necessary to be able to understand their own emotions. I think that if you immediately come back with, this is what you know you need to do, you're not really talking through the process. You also They're not need learning to teach to fix them, it. learn yeah. how yeah. to process the emotions. Agreed. Asking questions so you can continue to you know have that conversation instead of cutting off the dialogue. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you do a fantastic job with that. So thank you. It's just something I'm learning as, uh, as we go along in this journey of parenting. Well, I can talk you through it and help you. Oh, thanks. I'm still trying. <laughs> I, know, I know another thing for me that I've always tried to, knowing that I can, you know, I'll have these, you know, I don't stay angry long. I have bursts of uh, getting frustrated and yell or whatever, and then uh, two seconds later I'm fine, but it scares the boys and um, annoys you. But I also do try to be very cognizant of apologizing to the boys when I screw up so that they recognize and know that, all right, you know, it's okay if you screw up, if you mess up, you apologize for it and ask for forgiveness and move on. I think that's just an emotional maturity thing that I'm trying to teach the boys. But I think it also, hopefully as if, you know, as their life progresses, if they 
if something happens, somebody apologize to them and they're mm-hmm. sincere about it, like accept it and, right. and move on, right? And just yeah. know that there's, you know, because if you start holding grudges or, or bitters towards somebody and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it can wreak havoc on your life emotionally. So I think... Absolutely. A, but you're also teaching them that um, there needs to be a level of accountability. Yeah. You know, and, and so as they, like you mentioned, you know, as they get older and they're out in the world and whether it's a coworker, someone they're dating, another family member, um, we should hold them accountable. You know, I'm not saying be bitter about it, but, you know, obviously we want to teach them that certain things are not okay. Um, but on that note, um, also how do you speak to your child sure. at home? I think and even around others really sets the tone of what is acceptable. And, and I say that because, um, you know, just like you mentioned earlier, you know, if I say you're a slob or you know, you're a failure and, you know, I'm sure there's worse things people have, you know, said, unfortunately, out of anger or a moment of weakness, but um, we're teaching them what is okay as far as how they're to be spoken to and also how they should speak to others. Um, those words that we breathe into our children can either build them up or cut them down. And so I really want to be mindful, even when it's an instruction, a time where maybe I'm not agreeing with something that they've shared with me or their behavior, um, especially with the boys, I want to make sure that I'm speaking the right words to them because I'll, I also know that they'll shut me down. They'll shut me out. Right. And then it'll just be, it'll end up being a negative um, outcome, they'll feel you know negatively towards me. They won't learn from the situation. Um, one of the really great um, books that I actually read, and this is specific to moms. So if you are a mom of a boy, I would highly recommend and encourage you to read this book. Um, it's called Mother and Son: The Respect Effect um, by Emerson Egerix, um, and it's a phenomenal book because there are so many books out there about dads and daughters or mm-hmm. there's daddy and daughter dances. I don't really see a lot of things that are kind of encouraging and fostering that relationship between mother and son. And I will say because, you know, I know that as a little girl, how I received verbal praise or things that were spoken to me, how I received them, it is different as far as how I speak to the voice. And this sure. was actually a huge eye opener for me. How so? Um, well, just little things and, and complimenting them and, um, for example, one of the things that I have changed in how I speak to the boys is recognizing diligence or hard work, things that they've worked towards. I may not have worked, I may not have said anything along those lines before. I would, you know, they'd come into a room and be like, oh my gosh, you're so handsome. Oh, I love you, so, you know, and, mm-hmm. and smother them. But it, I should also recognize when they've put a lot of hard work, for example, our youngest is playing an instrument and he's been working and practicing towards that and he wanted to be first chair in band and he was able to successfully achieve first chair. So it was, you know, something that after I had read the book, I recognized I really needed to compliment him and acknowledge the fact that he put the time and the effort. I mean, he worked hard at it and he set a goal and he achieved it. And then with our oldest, as he started to work and now he's, you know, left the home, but he's working a lot. I always compliment him on working so hard. You know, he's learning how to develop that work ethic and, you know, kind of learning certain things around hard work and the benefits of that. And so I want to make sure that I'm complimenting those efforts because yes, they do receive it differently than maybe I would as a little girl or even as a teenager. Yeah. You know, if you had said that to me, I'd be like, okay, it would have done nothing for me. (laughs) 
Right. I mean, it's not a bad thing if you would have said, hey, you really worked hard at that. Oh, okay, great. You know, it's funny as I look back as with my father, like he was constantly saying how proud he was and this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he constantly is, you know, now, you know, as a teenager, I roll my eyes. But like I... He didn't say how handsome you were. But it was, it was, (laughs) I mean, he was just constantly and it was always with that big smile. Yeah. And maybe I, you know, roll my eyes, but I think it helped build confidence mm-hmm. in who I was growing up. You, you were know? always very confident. Yeah, really. to a degree, yeah. right? So I, I mean, think so. Um, no, those are great. Those are great points. I, I love watching you with the boys, like because you just and you're not, you don't do it. You don't. They're they're close with you and they feel comfortable telling you things, but you don't approach it as like, well, I'm just your buddy. I'm your friend. You can yeah, tell they me know anything. I'm you're still mom, mom, and there's respect and there's mm-hmm. there's consequences and. Um, it's great. You do a fantastic job. So if we, we kind of hit on a couple, but yeah. if we kind of switch gears and maybe this is helpful for everybody listening to learn how we've changed as parents, as mm-hmm. we recognize there really are differences between father and mother around that protection side. I mean, right. men, father, myself, I'm, you know, naturally more protective physically, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's, that's an easy one. Let's be honest. Like it's easy to, if someone's physically hurting your child to intervene like that's right. just like it's instincts you it's don't even innate, yeah, yeah you, you don't, don't even you don't have to think but supporting them emotionally is is different um so i'd be curious kind of if you have in a, kind of an idea or a story about you know recognizing the differences between men and women with yeah. respect or between us with mm-hmm. how we approach that and maybe how you've adapted and how we've adapted towards each other and maybe learn mm-hmm. from each other on that I recognize that I definitely have changed. I mean, we've been married for 18 years. There's obviously been a lot of growth over the years. Um, but And we were very young when we had our first child. Um, you know, when it comes to how I've adapted as a mom, I think one of the number one things that I recognize is, you know, when you are stepping into disciplinary mode. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I would immediately interject or just feel very defensive, you know, because I, I hear the raising of the voice or I don't know, it just automatically put me in protection mode. Um, you know, and now I don't do that, you know, with our, with our youngest who is now in middle school. You never do. You don't do that anymore. I don't do it as often. How about that? (laughs) I don't do it as often, but it doesn't come from a bad place. I do recognize in myself that a lot of it comes from just you know, again, this is something that I, when we're talking about it, we're laying the groundwork. So there are certain things that maybe I didn't have, you know, as a child that I'm trying to be for the boys. Mm-hmm. So when I see that or the raising of the voice, and I really don't like yelling, you know, it's not my jam, but um, I automatically, it's just a, a protection mode because again, when I communicate with the boys, even when I am disciplining and they know I don't play around, it's not, it is, we communicate differently. Yeah. We just do. But I, I, I have recognized that when you're correcting our youngest, I really, I don't step in as much. I really, I don't, honestly, okay. be fair. That's fair. I would tell you with, with our older son, uh, when we were younger parents and it, it, in the moment, it would really, really make me angry Yeah. when I feel like you're, I you're mean, cutting me it. off or, yeah. you know, uh, it's, man, it's frustrating. Yeah. But I think if if we also didn't weren't on the same page 
big big picture, mm -hmm. like it would have been probably devastating. It would we have didn't been, go against what the core values were, right. what was acceptable at home and what wasn't. Right, yeah. but it's, but it sometimes the boys I think would wreck. They never took advantage of it because we were on the same page. But that's an example like where if they recognize, oh, all I've got to do is this, and then mom and dad will will then turn it around and fight between the two of them about it. Think, they never did that, but I mean, it man, it used to really make me angry. I think my goal was m more along the lines of I was just trying to soften the blow of just not the physical blow. It but was like just the, Mama Bear just, taking over, and I wanted just to try red. to diffuse you a just little bit. See red towards me. Yeah, and I just wanted to try to diffuse the situation. But you know, honestly, and let's be that, clear, it's not like I was you were stopping me from physically no, harming. No, that's what I'm saying. Just, no, nothing A lot like of times that. it was like, it was after like the initial, the initial I would you know. Mm -hmm get angry for a second and I'd yell and then you would jump right in yeah you know and that can be that can be it seems, bad right for, no for, absolutely because I think for but, a kid they can receive it as you know they're they can play one off the play which, one against the other or I, off of the other I, I used to joke with the boys all the time I said you know like me and mom are on the same page it's two mm -hmm. against one here but like, yeah just not just they so really they, don't know, they never to tried to no. yeah they never really did but you know, I think one thing that I've I've noticed, and we kind of hit on it a little bit with with the emotional piece, is I've just my personality type. If there's an issue, I would, you know, respond a certain way as far as like let's just fix something. You mm -hmm. know, all right, well here's what I would do. You know, instead of maybe just being a listening ear, and so I've definitely adapted to to you or have backed off maybe when there's situations arising and just let let that initial phase of the the boys just voicing what's going on mm -hmm. you know instead of jumping right back in and just just being that listening ear that's been something i've tried to work on i don't know how yeah. how effective i am at it but uh, i definitely I think you're getting better at being a better listener yeah so uh, you know i think that it, i think the big picture is mm -hmm. is being mature as parents and recognizing when you need to to maybe change how your approach is and, and or let the other parent maybe run with a certain situation and mm -hmm. you know not be a panacea have, for everything yeah we both have different strengths with our parenting but ultimately if our goal is exactly what we're talking about today with protecting the spirit of our children right you know we may not be identical with every single approach or the way we communicate um but i do think we've done a good job a better job now as well with especially like i mentioned with adapting as far as discipline or you know that communication piece um you know so they feel like they can be open and it is a safe place yeah Awesome. So the other thing I want, <laughs> I want to touch on is other adults, mm -hmm. other adults speaking life or destruction into the spirit of our children um, or allowing somebody to, you know, have that platform to speak into your child's life. Um, this can be a teacher. It can be a coach. It can be another parent. Um, it can possibly be a family member. And I feel very strongly about this. You do? I didn't. I never knew that. <laughs> I feel very strongly about this, and I make it very clear, um, pretty much to you know, if someone is in our world. But you know, outside of that, obviously, your children, if they're going to school outside of the home, you don't know all the things that are communicated to your child. Sure. And um, what we had, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of an example here. Um, so our youngest mm -hmm. um, was on a soccer team. This is a few years ago. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the team wasn't a winning team. And who wants to be on a team where you're losing every single game? It can be a little disheartening. It's not fun when you're little. You want to win games. And that's just a natural response for a kid, especially if you're playing competitive sport. You know, they're playing hard. 
to want to win. And so at the end of the last game, he had said a comment to me about how he was, you know, glad that he was moving on to another team because he wanted to win games. It was a conversation between mother and son. Now, I corrected what he had said. Right, because what he had said was wrong. But, and I corrected that. But again, it was said to me and someone else had overheard it, another mm -hmm. parent um, who has way too much time on their hands and went to the coach and then the coach um, spoke ill of our child and also when they played each other a year later told all of the kids um, what he had said tried to get all of these kids against him which is encouraging bullying which I'm not about and here here's the thing our son didn't have any ugliness towards any of the other players right. or even towards the coach because we had bumped into her at a store and he said oh hi you know very kind very respectful and she was extremely rude in public to him and didn't say hello back, gave him a nasty look, and I saw it. And I didn't say anything to him. I, I, you know, I appreciate the fact that he was so kind, he's so friendly, but that was an example of somebody trying to destroy the spirit of my child and then also encourage other people. Right, children who are children. immature, you know, we're talking about. Now here's, exactly, so this person is now instructing other children to bully other kids. Right. Okay. So two examples of about how a, someone about is speaking. A, you know, a, a comment that was made and she heard it third, fourth, you know, party. And, yeah, and it know, wasn't, and here's the thing. And it, it was it a was moment a, of frustration he yeah, had. Yeah, he was excited about being yeah. on another team. I'm saying, you know, this isn't something that he said that was a, in violence. He wasn't, you know, screaming obscenities. He didn't say anything ugly about anyone in particular. Right. We corrected what he said. Right. But in no way, shape, or form was her behavior as a grown adult acceptable and will I stand for as a mother. Right. And that's why I'm saying, parents, you know, make sure that you keep your ear to the floor on those that are speaking either life or destruction into the, into the spirit of your child or your children because it can have a huge impact, especially if that person is encouraging other people yeah. to jump on the bandwagon and destroy your child. Unacceptable. And I won't have it. And see, this is such a tough balance too, as a Well, as that's a parent. not a tough balance. That that's one a cut isn't. and dry. I, no, I know, and I know. But what I mean is, and this is something I've told both boys is, is to kind of frame it up like our approach, and that's around other people that we. I, that's what I said. I said, look, there are other people in your life that have been given authority in their role, whether it's a coach or a teacher. Obviously, police officers, things along those lines are they're more legal, but like thinking more about who's in our kids' lives a lot, right? Coaches, teachers, and, and you know, so I tell them, it's like, look, they have authority to correct you in their role. Right. But we, what we will not allow is abuse, and we will not allow them to, to you know, abuse that authority, and right. we'll always be there to protect it. But you need to set the tone of what is not okay. And so I from agree. a very young age, I think, because there's other forms of people abusing authority, Okay, that I know that other people that have experienced that and kids that don't say anything about it because they were told to respect the person in authority. Right. So I want to also, I've always stressed that with the boys. So if anyone in any way, shape, or form crossed a line, whether it's verbally or in any other way, right. that they know immediately, not okay, That's not you okay. come to mom or dad. Yeah. That will always, you know. It's just, it is, right. and, and unfortunately in society, and I think most would agree, is it's, it's gotten to the opposite extreme where now, especially like with teachers and things, where parents will immediately come to the principal and complain and then 
you know, about their, their kid and their kid was in the wrong. So how do you balance that? Right. You know, so it's, um, it's, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough. So, I mean, there's been some tension in our household between us around that, like what's that balance look like? You know, well, when remember, it comes to this, I'm a hundred percent not going to back I'll give, down. Well, I'll give you an example, right? So remember, remember basketball back in, uh, I think it was eighth grade and, and our older son had, was probably like seventh or eighth in on the team as far as, uh, I vaguely remember as this. far as the skill level. So he wasn't starting and, um, you know, he would get time, but you know, but you know, middle school is that is that's where like kid, there's no mandatory playing time. Right. And so mm-hmm. mama bear over here, got angry because he wasn't playing and wanted me to say something to the coach. And I was like, that was a little conflict. I was like, babe, I'm look, I've been an athlete my whole life. Like if he was being abused or if there was some sort of, you know, he, the coach wasn't playing him because of personal, you know, animus towards him or something, I would absolutely say anything. But Mm -hmm. you know, this is that kind of balance of you got to let them learn themselves that they got to work harder or whatever that is. And if he doesn't get playing time, then he needs to focus on working. If, assuming that right. everything's, you know, on the up and up with the coach, which I thought it was. And, you know, honestly, so that's, that's a, something that that's I had tough, to grow. Right? <laughs> well, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I right. had to learn that, you know, obviously we were both in some form of athletics growing up. Sure. But I've never been, I've never played a sport like that, like basketball. Right. Um, where I had to earn playing time. Now, did I have to earn certain things like if I wanted to be a captain of a team or whatever? But, you know, for in that instance... Yes, it was a learning moment for me, and you don't hear me say anything like that. No, now, of course, but, no. Um, I think it's it's different, but I, but I mean, that was a tough one. A part of me was should I say something, but the other part of me was I don't want to be that parent that's coming and complaining about playing time and just bombarding a coach who's not doing anything wrong. Right. You know, so that's no, I agree there absolutely. So that that's, kind of, which kind of goes into our next topic, right? Which is like, when do you let a huh. kid fail? versus mm. stepping in and protecting. Right. I think this one's... I'm going to let you run with that because... This one's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for us, you know, sports is probably the most apropos because you have that, just like the example we just talked about, like that's easy, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't make the team or, um, you know, you're not getting playing time. That's one example. But, you know, like mm-hmm. what for our younger son? Like, hey, you didn't you didn't make first chair. You know, those are, those are I think those are easier scenarios where you just say, look, here's what you got to do. You got to... You gotta. Where'd you miss the mark? Yeah, where'd right? you miss the mark? What do you need to improve on and focus on that? Um, I know for me, one thing that I'm I'm very cognizant of, and I try to make sure I push with the boys is mm-hmm. is how important it is to get back up when you fail, right? right? And so that's easy to say, and I like to give examples. And I remember I told, uh, I think it was our youngest about how I back in college when. I had an opportunity to to move into the starting rotation, and mm-hmm. I and I lost out. I lost to another guy who was my same. You know, we were in the same grade, and yeah. he just he you know I to this day thought I earned it, but Wait, I didn't. Right? What happened? To, I don't think I know the story. It was uh, there was an opportunity for for to move into uh, one of the rotations for starting. We were both relievers, and mm-hmm. I was pumped, ready to go. And but why did you miss out on it? They they just made a choice. Oh. You know, it was kind of neck and neck. They just made a choice. Yeah. So that still stings to this day, right? And so yeah. I, but I, I tried to, to show that to the boys that like, look, it's gonna mm-hmm. happen in life. Things are gonna happen, and it's about how you respond. It's not that you know, mm-hmm. and then not just how you respond, but how you, what you learn from it. All right, I should have done things different. Yeah. I should have done this. I should have done that. How we react to our failures. Yeah, yeah I think that's the that's from a, from like a maturity standpoint. I mm-hmm. think the way to handle it. But man, how do you, how do you 
know as a parent mm-hmm. when to let the kid fail and, and when not. I think we were joking earlier when our oldest son was about three, I was getting a little frustrated because he just wouldn't follow what I was trying to tell him about swimming to learn to swim because my parents, you know, had a pool and we were nervous about him being out in the around deep end the pool, around yeah. the pool. So mm-hmm. I, uh, he might have been younger than that. He was, yeah, he was yeah, little. I think he was so I went, I went to the, um, the whole, you know, just throw him in the deep end and they'll learn to swim thing and that <laughs> backfired spectacularly. Yeah, and you also did it to our dog who never trusted you around water ever again. <laughs> but I mean, you know, my, my dad ended up being the one that taught our older son how to swim because he trusted him. And yeah. our older son would not go near me in the pool for a long time because mm-hmm. of that. So like, I think knowing each kid and what their emotional state is and, you know, of not just figuratively throwing him in the deep end, but like physically throwing him in the deep end, right? I yeah, think it's he really- he was more cautious. He was yeah. always the kid who wanted to see everyone else do it first. Right. Yeah. He right. would never just jump in blindly. But, you know, for our younger son, I took a different approach. Me and our older son actually taught him to swim together and, mm-hmm. and it was a much smoother process. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think another thing that we talked about that I think the boys have benefited from is because you have a business that you work from home and we've both been in sales for a long time and they've seen and, a lot of ups and downs or yeah they know that sa- and... sales is a you know up and down thing there's wins mm-hmm. and there's losses so it's not just a peaks and valleys it's not just that. a you know i go to my job i come home and i turn my job off yeah and so i think that's been good for them they see they recognize that no failure is just part of life and mm-hmm. you have to move on but what do you think babe? but then that's the other thing okay so like of course how do you let them fail versus protect them it's also kind of in building that confidence, I think that kind of comes back to with failure, okay, we need to encourage them to fail. Like if they're going to try something new, maybe they're not going to win the first time. Maybe they're not going to be a huge success. Maybe they want to be entrepreneurs when they're, you know, they're adults and they finish school. And a lot of times there's tons of failure that comes with that. It may not be the, the first time they win. It may be the 10th time and they have nine failures before that. So in seeing how we've had failure and seeing how we've handled it um, and how we process through that, I think it's also kind of building a confidence in them to know that it's okay to fail and get up and dust myself off and, and try again. Um, you know, when it comes to sports, definitely I don't really fully understand all of the, the feeling around failure with sports. If I don't make a team mm-hmm. or, you know, being on a losing team all season, you know, I obviously think that I would probably want to be on the winning team, but um, right now I think the chapter that we're in with our oldest son, he's left home. He um, is living on his own. He's got roommates. You know, this was a huge change, not only for him, but for us. And it was kind of fear of like, oh my gosh, is he going to be able to pay rent on his own and, you know, just kind of manage everyday life. Things that we just normally do, like buy groceries. We fill up the fridge. He doesn't worry about the fridge, you know? And, you know, little things as far as setting an apartment up, signing a contract. And so those were things that I think, you know, we, as far as recent experience mm-hmm. with failures that we just experienced and letting them fail, but with a little bit of a safety with net. With a lifeline. Yeah. yeah. So they know that they're still, you know, we're still here to turn to, um, and I think that safety net should always be there, you know, not necessarily has to be financial, but, you know, someone to talk to, someone who's there, they know that we're in their corner, even if they fail. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the one kind of last takeaway around this this 
this balance of letting them fail versus protecting them is I think it's really important to to understand that what you may feel as a parent is protecting them is actually just making them weak mm -hmm. you know so you may see something about to happen and in your mind you're thinking oh I'm just gonna prevent this so you bring them closer you don't let them go do something or you don't encourage them to take some step that they're they want to take whether it's yeah. starting a, a business or create something or build something or mm -hmm. you know whatever that is right. you see oh my gosh well the likelihood of that failing is pretty high so I'm gonna discourage him right from the start right. and just say you know I don't think it's a good idea you know the, the mm -hmm. chances of it versus Absolutely, I'll support you 100%. Right. If it doesn't work out, we'll just move on Still to the next you. thing. Yeah. But we're going to support you 100%. I think there's a, there's a tough balance that a lot of people, it's the natural instinct is to think. You don't want to see them go through that, that right. feeling of, you know, failure. But it's really important to go through that. Yeah. It's how you learn. It's mm -hmm. how you build, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, hopefully that's um, helpful for them. Yeah. So the other thing that um, this applies to, whether they're little kids, middle mm -hmm. schoolers, high schoolers, even young adults. and. Uh, even as adults, I mean, sure. let's be wrong. <laughs> um, how do you protect them when friends betray them or hurt them in some way? Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a betrayal. Um, you know, this is something that we've seen at different stages. Right. You know, when they're little and when they're older. Um, actually, I have a really funny story around when they were little. <laughs> um, but the dynamics of friendship has, I think they've changed. Um, I remember with my best friend, who I'm still best friends with to this day, I rode down to her house on my bicycle, knocked on her door and said, hey, do you want to be friends? Guess what? We're best friends to this day. <laughs> that easy. So simple, still friends. Now it's all about, you know, everything is so, just the, the waters have been muddied with social media and, you know, so people tend to use it as a platform to you know, leave people out, you know, excluding them from things, you know, speaking ugly of another person. There's a lot of pressures around that that we didn't have in friendships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, give you, here's a silly one. Um, so our oldest, his best friend, they've been friends since first, second grade, and his friend had tapped into his email address <laughs> and had emailed a little girl and said, oh, I like you and all this stuff when, you know, Obviously, it wasn't him, but it was his friend that was doing this. And the kid's mother found out the little girl's mom and was upset by the email. Mm -hmm. As she should have been. It was yeah, like it was, a third grader like emailing her kid. It was the second grade. Yeah, there was really little. But I think what he put in there was, you know, he was joking. But it made it sound, you know. A little like, aggressive for a third grader. A little grader, aggressive, yeah. yeah. And so I had to call the mom, you know, and, and she handled it really well. And I, you know, and also the school that he was going to at the time was a very, very strict school. So um, when it came to anything around social media, you know, it, it was something that they were also very in tune to yeah. um, with their students. And, um, you know, we talk about it. We still laugh about it to this day. But, you know, th that's a silly thing that could have, you know, maybe possibly broken up the friendship. It didn't, but there are bigger things that kids experience now with betrayals. Um, if you share too much to a friend and they gossip about it, you know, how do you protect your child from that? You know, I think a lot of it around friendship has to do with, um, you know, teaching your kids what a healthy friendship looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So outside of friendships, yeah. this is another one that is uh, very near and dear to our hearts and you know we've had to kind of manage through this now we have two boys one 
He's not dealing with dating yet. He's not although in that phase yet. There's been some some We've younger. There's been some you know elementary girlfriend boyfriend uh, uh, little situations, but it's been kind of uh, very benign. It's although, although the, it's um, <laughs> although, adults. although one little girl, like or our younger son, like he wasn't real happy with her, you know, as she was, you know, doing her little whatever elementary girl thing that, that she did and kind of pissed him off. But <laughs> um, he, he kind of laughs about it now. But uh, so that what about what about a more, you know, for for teenagers and as they start dating and yeah, things what and, that looks like. Yeah, especially. You know, I mean, girls and boys are different with their emotions, certainly. But mm -hmm. so we can only kind of speak to it from a from a parenting of boys perspective. But right, babe, you run with this one. This one is uh, yeah. I mean, important. so dating dating is definitely a coming of age um, phase that in our home really begins with high school. Yeah. So I, like our middle schooler right now, that's not okay for a while. It's not on the horizon for him. <laughs> um, he has time, but we have already gone through this stage with our oldest. And this is something that has changed dramatically with social media versus when we were dating. Um, but ultimately what hasn't changed, and this is something that I have shared and communicated, um, or, you know, with my son, um, with our son, as far as like dating, what, um, we teach them at home, when it comes to dating or the example we set at home with our relationship is not exactly what their girlfriend or if you have girls or boyfriend is experiencing in their home. Right. They may not have the same foundation, the same example. And so whatever they're coming into with a relationship may look different. It may be complete opposite. Um, so one of the things that, you know, I really would say, especially with dating and as they're continuing to date is be really strategic about how you're having that communication or that, that talk track around dating at that age, because they're not going to want to talk about everything with right. you. Okay. I mean, they're, they're wanting to be independent. You know, they know everything, what they're 15, 16, they know everything. Obviously. They did. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting. And from a, from our perspective, one of the things we realized after the fact is we didn't we didn't realize what impact the home was having on on our older son in not necessarily a negative way. It was just how he was perceiving it. Is he had a lot of pressure thinking that because we were high school sweethearts, mm -hmm. that that's the only way that happens. So like every girlfriend is potentially my wife in high school, yeah, and it's like he's not really looking, like okay, or... slow down, buddy. Yeah. You know, like it, that's great if it happens, great. But mm -hmm. don't put that pressure on yourself that like your 16 year old relationship mm -hmm. has to be your the one, the one right yeah. and your, your future husband or future wife yeah so that was something we kind of realized after the fact when he kind of said that to you so yeah. um be cognizant of that right yeah and i think a couple of things that i would do differently is probably have a conversation and i would encourage you know moms and dads have this conversation with your kids about hey this may not be the only relationship you have this may end you need to prepare yourself prepare your heart guard your heart for a breakup and I remember breakups, okay? I remember Yeah, you kept breaking up with me in high school. <laughs> I all remember the time. you breaking up with me in high school and I was devastated. I was so heart heartbroken, like hey, oh I my was gosh, a, it hurt I was a, I was so a fool. Bad. I was a fool. <laughs> Clearly. But you know, I didn't have that conversation looking back where they're oldest on like how to prepare that for yourself, how to protect your heart. Yeah. You don't want to go into the negatives, but the reality is it may not work out, you know. So how do you protect their heart and also make sure that they leave the com they leave the relationship still feeling confident about who they are? Right. Um, I also think that a lot of that is also teaching them to really not lose themselves 
in that person. So sometimes, you know, those relationships can negatively impact your child where they're changing who they are to please the other person. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you want to make each other happy, but um, at this age, you know, I don't really want anyone having that type of impact negatively on my child, especially if their home is not really mirroring the things that we are doing in our home or teaching our children. Yeah, absolutely, baby. And you, again, back to the the fact that our, our boys are, are able to come to you with their emotions and without necessarily with judgment initially. And certainly as a parent, you judge. Yeah, it's our job. It's our job to be, hold our kids accountable and teach them. So right. that's part of that is being judgmental mm-hmm. in a positive way. But you do a really nice job with that and have taught our older son in particular a lot about how he should treat women and how he should expect to be treated. Um, and hopefully I've had some impact on him positively there. And Absolutely. That's... You've set a, a fantastic example. Oh, thanks. I just, yeah. you like how I teed that up so yeah. I can get the compliment? <laughs> thanks, baby. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> well, we're running out of time. So, you know, we, we thank you guys for, yeah, for listening. Yeah, this is fun. This is a good conversation. Yeah, it kind of brings up we a lot of old stories and things like we joke about or talk about, mm-hmm. but, you know, everybody's home's different. And yeah. so... Um, you know, but it's just so important to protect the spirit of the kids and the boys and, and your children as they grow up mm-hmm. because, you know, the world can be hard, right? And we all know that the real world is, is the real world. So mm-hmm. if you prepare them in a positive way and then also as they're older and they're already out in the real world, be yeah. there as a support, hopefully uh, our boys will, will turn out to be as successful as we think yeah. they're going to be. So, well, thanks guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We hope um, you enjoyed it. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, Definitely see you guys soon when we launch our next episode. Until then, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please continue to listen on Podbean, iTunes, or Spotify. And hit subscribe. Also, visit us at DestinationMarriagePodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at Destination underscore Marriage. And be sure to tune in to our next episode.